We wind up our series, The Life and Times of Ernest Fitch, with Ernie's take on technology and our modern conveniences and the vast changes he's witnessed over his 107 years. Well, what has changed? Uh, for years, my poor old mother, she had to do the laundry in the old tin tub and the washboard. And, and it was a great day when she got an old hand-powered uh, washer. There's been such a change in that now, so much. Many people don't know what a washboard was like. I've seen the changes and some of the results. You know, the changes as we move from clothing, appliances, all these wonders of the present age, it's, we only dreamt about it. I think, of course, there is an extravagance in some way areas which result in people getting over their head in debt. I think debt was kind of an evil thing way back when I was young. I don't think I ever knew anything about it, really, until I got older. It was just the other day that Neil Armstrong passed away. When you were a kid, did you ever look up at the moon and think about whether anybody would ever walk there, and then so many years later they, they actually oh, did? Well, you used to talk about the man in the moon, because sometimes there was a shape that looked like a man. Never thought of a man walking on the moon. Two, one, zero, all And when Neil Armstrong and the group were involved in that, I was glued to my television set. It was something really that, it was so wonderful. And I can remember how tense I was when that lunar vehicle was gradually coming down step by step. And I thought, when's he going to step out? You know, until the moment when he put his foot out. Oh no, it was thrilling. But we used to always talk about the man in the moon, but not the man who went from Earth. No, no, some wonderful things have happened in my day, I tell you. You know, I mean, you look back, at, even to see airplanes, you, you could hardly believe that anything like a plane would, well, what is it sitting on or what is it standing on? Do you remember the first airplane ride that you took? Yes, I do, because... It was um, in 1957, we were at Montreal when my mother died. And uh, I was able to get the flight on a, was it the DC-3? A noisy, very reliable plane, but noisy and cold. And I flew from Montreal, I forget how many hours it took, because I know we stopped at Saskatoon for refueling. But that was my first trip. I just got nicely retired when the Army decided to move to computers. And I didn't know anything about computers. I, I hadn't shown any interest in them. And I didn't want one for myself. And they were very expensive in those days. So I never did have to get involved. I guess the, um, the most modern piece of, uh, of modern equipment that I had was a dictating machine. So I could do my dictation when the girls weren't there. I didn't have anything very wonderful, you know. It's like uh, when I first joined the bank, there was only one adding machine in the office. And of course, I'm the junior clerk. I was the last one to get it. But I had the longest columns to add up every day because I had to take the information from two tellers and add or subtract. But I had a hard job ever getting my hands on the one adding machine. So I haven't had much experience with modern tests. 
do you get the idea of the internet and what that's all about? The email, because my son and my daughter both have computers and they can communicate with email. If I want to get a message down to the daughter, I just ask my son to send her an email. I, I understand pretty well, although I, I don't understand how you can make a telephone and a camera out of something that's about half the size or less of your recorder there. I, I can't figure it out. That's all right. I can't either. Hmm? I can't either. <laughs> well, I feel better now. <laughs> During my birthday celebration and since, a lot of folk have taken pictures. You know. Then I find that, you know, they can just send them. They go home and they don't even have to go home to send them to some relative. Way bang and back comes an answer. They, they like the picture of the old man. <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, um, even the telephone when I was young was a wonderful thing. Some of the phones had to have a handle that you turned around. I love the column where a number of phone lines were all together. Party line. Uh, you get on there with somebody and you could listen to their conversation and all. I remember somebody saying it's the best entertainment they have. You know? But I mean, I've gone through all that stage and from no telephone. And then I told you the other day about my little crystal radio when I was 15 years of age. That was so crude, you know, and, and yet we'd get, maybe we'd get Seattle on it, and uh, that was the station that we got easiest. And tickle around with a, with a little wire, you know, on the crystal, and moving a dial at the same time, and then you get a whistle, and, and then something else, and they say, well, we've got Seattle, you know? I mean, look at it now. No, no, I don't understand it. And that wraps up our eight-part series, The Life and Times of Ernest Fitch. My deepest thanks to Ernest for his friendship and for allowing us to share his remarkable story with you. My thanks to producer Greg Schott for his tireless work on this series, and to CKNW production director Jeff Aldis for all of his assistance. I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening. And a reminder, all eight episodes of The Life and Times of Ernest Fitch can be found on the World Today page at cknw.com. 